Alex Trayman joining me live again from Jerusalem this morning. Alex, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Doing well. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get right to this uh, story from yesterday, because you'll tell the truth. Uh, the story from CNN was the IDF just started opening fire on a bunch of innocent Palestinians gunning down civilians. And then I heard a conflicting story that said, well, there was a riot, and these people actually came after the soldiers. What's the truth? What really happened yesterday? Well, yesterday, as part of uh, Israel's uh campaign to continue to bring humanitarian aid into Gaza Strip, which is highly controversial inside Israel. Uh, There was a convoy of trucks that were going towards the northern Gaza Strip. And uh, you know that the situation in Gaza is getting uh, pretty, pretty desperate uh, with regard to food and and other uh, essential supplies. So when this truck came in, this happened about four in the morning. uh, there there was a riot, basically, that people were storming the truck. It was like a, a mosh pit almost, trying to get to the truck and to raid it uh, for supplies. And uh, people got trampled uh, as they were racing the truck. And the truck themselves, and there was a few trucks, actually ran over uh, some of the people as they were trying to get towards where they were going. Wow. Uh, and, and then Hamas operatives with guns started firing because they want to get control of the of the humanitarian aid and they try to get as much of it as they can and then in addition to that uh then some some people with guns uh, operatives started going towards a, an idf checkpoint which was trying to secure that this convoy would get to where it was and then the idf started shooting at the people that were shooting at them so all told there there was a big melee uh many of the people injured in a in a stampede basically uh, and run over by trucks, and then those that attacked the IDF, were a few of them were shot by the IDF. So it's not necessarily true, then, the way CNN portrayed it as, hey, these are poor people waiting for their aid, standing there doing nothing, and the Israelis, the IDF, just opened fire. Of course that's not true, right? Well, you can remember early on in the war, there was reports that the IDF had uh, bombed a hospital in the north of the Gaza Strip, killing 500 people. And as it turned out, it was a uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that hit the parking lot outside of the hospital. And probably uh, less than a, a dozen or two dozen people were killed in that. But every part of that story was wrong. But it didn't stop uh, Reuters, CNN, BBC and all the other mainstream media from reporting the Hamas narrative. This is uh, JNS.org, the CEO, Alex Trayman, live right now in Jerusalem, where it is uh, 1 o'clock, uh, excuse me, I stand corrected, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, now, on the other hand, there was absolutely a terrorist attack, another murder. Once again, in the West Bank, I was talking to our good buddy Yehuda Hanikman yesterday, and the West Bank has become really dangerous. Now, what I heard was a Palestinian police officer pulled up at a gas station and started shooting, murdering two Israelis, the same exact spot, by the way, where four Israelis were murdered about four months ago. Give me the latest on that story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, A Palestinian police officer and potentially two other accomplices came into a gas station, opened fire on on people just pumping gas at the gas station. A shootout uh, occurred, and and they uh, they did take out the terrorists. Uh, now they're the idea. Well, is, but is by the way, when you say to... a shootout occurred and they took out the terrorists, and this is one of the things I talked about quite a bit since I've been home, is that almost everybody in Israel carries a firearm, civilians. And uh, unlike the United States, 
where shooters go and murder a bunch of people and don't get taken down till cops show up hours later. In Israel, this happens, and a civilian practically ends it almost every time, yes? Well, I wouldn't say that almost every Israeli carries a, a firearm. That's that's definitely not the case. It's it's definitely a minority of people that carry firearms. But uh, people do understand, the country understands that civilians uh, are there basically to neutralize terrorists. And so the country does let people that live in dangerous areas carry a single pistol. Uh, they're registered to a single pistol. It's not like you can just buy as many guns as you want, like in America. Um, and, uh, yes, uh, civilians are there. Uh, and they neutralized terrorists in, in many of the situations. Including yesterday. Correct. So what is going on uh, with the West Bank? I mean, you know, I know the, the first terrorist attack I heard about a couple of weeks ago was down by Gaza, where they murdered that uh, people by the bus stop. But I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the last two terrorist attacks taking part in broad daylight um, and killing civilians were both in the West Bank. Is that right? Correct. There was a uh, terror attack just over a week ago uh, on uh, the entrance from the Judean Hills uh, into uh, Jerusalem at at a checkpoint there. They just wait for uh, people to get caught in the traffic jam and open fire on cars. And and so, too, here you have people just pumping gas and they pull into a gas station in Samaria, probably about uh, 20 minutes north of Jerusalem. And they're outside the town of Ailey and, and just opening fire uh, and, and hitting a 57-year-old rabbi, father of, of several kids, as well as a, a 16-year-old that was, was catching a ride, uh, just sitting in the gas station and have really no way to react. You know, I um, I did an interview with Ernie Anastas, which you saw, and you sent me a nice message this morning. You said, oh, my God, I, Ernie Anastas is a legend. I remember watching Ernie, and I'm not that young about my trip to Israel. I still talk about it every day. Can't wait to go back. And one of the spots that we went to was uh, Judea and Samaria. You know that. And we spent time in Gush Etzion and Kafar Etzion. And you were telling me yesterday that um, there's a big decision that basically is about to be made about that area, which right now, according to you, there are four times as many Arabs as there are Jews. Yet, yet... Every Jew I speak to talks about Judea and Samaria as basically the last line of defense for Jerusalem. What is the latest with that area? Yeah, it's not just the last line of defense around Jerusalem, even though it surrounds Jerusalem on three sides. It also comes up right against uh, Ben-Gurion Airport near Tel Aviv you know, and, and reduces Israel to only nine miles wide in its narrowest point near Israeli cities like Netanya. Uh, so it really does uh, come right up against uh, Israeli population centers all over. Uh, but it's also the place where just about every biblical story in, in the Torah takes place. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the stories take place in these areas called Judea and Samaria. Jews are called Jews because they come from Judea. Uh, but this is the area that uh, Jordan occupied. Uh, from 1948 until 1967, and it's the area where a very large percentage of Palestinians in the area reside. Uh, Israel took over the area as they did Gaza, as they did the Golan Heights, as they did uh, half of half of Jerusalem in 1967. But the international community definitely has its eyes on trying to turn uh, Judea and Samaria into a Palestinian state, and they have for for years. But now. Uh, even as Israel fights a war for its very survival inside Gaza, the United States, the U.K., 
are considering uh, recognizing a Palestinian state in Judea, Samaria, and Gaza, even if the Palestinians don't bring peace to the table, even if Palestinians and Israelis don't want a two-state solution, and even if these two parties are not ready to negotiate a final settlement. Um, So it's a dangerous situation, and that would make uh, a Palestinian state essentially the reward for October 7th. And there shouldn't be no rewards for October 7th. There should be only penalties for October 7th. Uh, So uh, I I think you saw the story that that we reported yesterday. Uh, You know, I conducted an interview with former U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, and he last week just unveiled a new proposal, which actually would call for full Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria, which would essentially put to bed uh, the proposal, the plan, the possibility of a Palestinian state in the area. Obviously, the Biden administration would reject it out of hand, uh, but we're in an election year, and uh, Friedman's remained very loyal to former President Donald Trump, who placed him there in the last administration. And it is widely believed that if Trump would win the presidency, that uh, Friedman may either return as ambassador to Israel or have some other senior policymaking uh, position inside the administration. What a great job. I saw David Friedman on Mark Levin's television show last Saturday. And by the way, we're going to have David Friedman on this show coming up this Tuesday at 9.15 a.m. But you did a great job with Friedman yesterday. And, you know, you talk about, you know, here's Biden. I'm pro-Israel, yet he wants to give Judea and Samaria to the Palestinians. Prince William came out yesterday and said there's no room for anti-Semitism in London, yet the U.K. is on board with the Americans to give that uh, area away. But it was Donald Trump who recognized the Golan Heights as a part of Israel, as you know, Alex. So is it fair to assume if Trump wins again and he puts Friedman back in power, that that Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria has a real chance of happening if and when Donald Trump wins again? 